0: Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Creation Innovation. I really am – I know I say this every week, but I really am so excited to talk to my very good friend, Abby. Welcome, Abby.
1: So happy to be here. Thank you.
0: She is also a fellow life coach and fertility coach. I say life coach because she is not even recently now, I think it's been a little bit that you've been certified. Um, Yes. So, and both of those things I feel like have a crossover in a lot of the work that we do as fertility coaches, right? I had a call this morning with a client. I'm sure you go through this same thing that we don't only talk about fertility, right? It kind of encompasses a lot of other things. Can you give our audience a brief intro into the amazing person that you are?
1: Mm, thank you. Um, sure, I'd love to. So I went through my own insane six-year journey to my family. I have four-and-a-half-year-old twins. We, You name it, we went through it. Multiple IVF cycles, losses, ectopic reduction, uh, multiple clinics, multiple doctors. And it never occurred to me that somebody out here in the world could hold my hand through it. And so – Uh, My original podcast, actually, which is called Maculate Conception, came out right around the time that I finally had my children, and it was a documentary style in real time with my doctor's version of our story. And so when it came out, women were reaching out to me from all over the world like, do you have a referral in Japan? Do you think I should transfer one or two embryos? And it just clicked for me that there's just this huge gap that needs to be filled, and I didn't know what that would look like. Um, and I had newborn twins. And mm-hmm. I also felt so attached to my fertility identity that it felt strange to think about what I would do after my my infertility. Um, but that is when InCircle Fertility was born, no pun intended. And that is my coaching uh, uh, company to hold the hearts and hands of women and couples, mostly women, going through this struggle.
0: So awesome. Because I feel like a lot of people have that story of that turning point of, okay, this is what I meant to be doing. This is why all that craziness now makes sense. And I can get my head around the bigger picture of it all. But documenting that through your original podcast, and we say original because she now has another amazing podcast, Fertility Chick. So if you haven't yet listened to it, it's on iHeartRadio. She has amazing guests and all the things. But back to her original one. Did you have any idea at that time that what you were going through was going to be impacting your life then five years later down the line? No way. way. And not only your own life, but now multiple lives, right? Yeah.
1: Right. I love the way you phrase that. Absolutely not. I mean, I am not a pessimist by any means, but I'm definitely not the girl who's like, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade either. So there was no way I would ever see a silver lining when I was going through my journey that something positive would come out of it other than, of course, my family. And the depths of depression and anxiety and isolation over those six years, which is a long time, I never thought I'd be able to look at it and help someone else through it because I felt like, don't tell me to be happy. Don't tell me it'll all work out. I just need someone to sit in the shit of it with me, and that was like all I wanted to feel at that time. Right. Right. Now, had I had a person trained to like potentially get me out of that, <laughs> that might have been nice. And so now I see it, of course, from a different perspective, but certainly did not expect my life to take this direction at all.
0: Right. And I being able to sit in the shit of it, as you say, sometimes is important as well and it's not necessarily a pity party it's just right. kind of recognizing that it is what it is i always tell people we're not going to pretend like it doesn't suck because it sucks right? right i mean the reality of it is we can't talk about rainbows and butterflies and act as if when you know it's that's not the reality that we live in right you're having this human experience so what do you tell people and how do you walk them through that when they're in it and they kind of just want to feel it for a minute of like whatever you want to call it, whether it is a pity party, by all means, have it. But how do you kind of walk your clients through that as a fertility coach and somebody who has been through it yourself to say, it's okay to stay here, but let me hold your hand so I can pull you out of the mud, right? And like
1: get out. Well, I think like so many things in life, it's yes and, it's not yes or. So You know, holding grief and joy, I think, is one of the main plights in life to be able to do because we have these huge highs and then all of a sudden, a God forbid, a tragedy will happen and we have to manage the high that we're excited about with the low of what we might be experiencing. And so with infertility, it's you can be really upset and you can be in the shit of it and you also can maybe plan your next cycle or plan... I'm gonna give myself three days to have a pity party and then I'm gonna walk my way out of it. Or like a phrase that I use with my clients all the time, and I know you and I are both super into affirmations, but um, is like every day in every way I'm getting closer to my next child. And I'll say, I'll remind them of that via text, let's say, and say, I'm just gonna remind you of this phrase, You might not be ready to say it today and you might not be ready to say it tomorrow and that's fine and I'll sit here with you until you're ready to say it. But like maybe a week from today, let's call me and say this to me. Like let's see if maybe – because I think eventually that little crack of light, that little crack of hope can start to make its way in when you have the right support in place to see you through the bad time.
0: For sure. And I'm not one that – likes to use the word or the phrase holding the space for somebody. Yeah. But that really is what we're doing to an extent. The amount of times that I have said, I get that you're like freaked out and nervous and scared, but I'm going to be excited for you. I'm going to be the one that is going to hold that space for you until you can get there, right? Because it's okay that you don't quite feel it yet, but having that encouragement to just give the nudge of – It's gonna happen and you will get there. And I love the idea as well of it's it's happening, right? You're you're in progress of it happening right now. It may not happen today or tomorrow, but it is happening, right? And that sometimes is a lot easier for people to get their head around to be like, okay, yeah, I guess it is happening. It feels like it's six years and it's not, but actually we're doing things to make it happen. So one foot in front of the other. It's all you can
1: do. Yeah. One one step at a time for sure.
0: How do you feel from your six year journey that you recovered from that emotionally physically spiritually all the things and your relationship I can imagine that would be difficult on your relationship
1: you know it's interesting i I think sometimes I come to moments now four and a half years into motherhood where I realize something's just healing now something maybe I didn't know that I needed to heal or you know, that first year of transition in addition to the first year of motherhood, which can be so amazing and yet overwhelming, it was a real struggle for me to be like, who am I in this world without the infertility? Because that was such a big part of my life. And so I think I, I do it in phases. Definitely helping others through it has brought me through it quicker. But every now and then, I feel almost a little more assured that I'm on the right path now and assured that I went through it to be able to help other people. And that almost goes back and heals apart from that six-year journey, even now. So now we're looking at more than 10 years ago that it started. It's like almost a quarter of my life. I mean, uh, half my life because I'm 20. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So I think – And and I'm not like a, you know, I I use the word affirmation and I do believe in affirmations, but I did not when I was going through it. I was like, don't bullshit me some crazy affirmation. But I see now the, the way as a life coach, I mean, this is the work that we do, how to reprogram the mind in a different way and words matter and affirmations matter. And so going through that life coach experience and certification has also been extremely healing for my journey.
0: That's great because I, no matter what we're doing, we recognize the space for us to grow through those things. And I think no one, you don't hear about fertility journeys, at least when we were growing up, no one was talking about that. Right. So it kind of comes out of left field of like, what are you even talking about? What does this mean? What, you know, trying to put two and two together to say, okay, I'm navigating something new that I never thought I would be. And then later in life, Trying to separate yourself, like you said, from that identity of who you are a- and then going on to help other people, which I think is in and of itself such a powerful way to heal, as you mentioned. Yes. The identity part, though, I see so often and I know you do too. It's it's really hard not to identify with that, but yet mm-hmm. also can be so damaging in ways to, to put everything in there. and It's so easy when you're on this journey because your life is scheduled around – when your cycle starts, when your IVF calendar is oh going God, to be, yeah. and are you going to be able to take a vacation, not take a vacation, all of Go to day. your
1: sister's wedding, right? Yes. Or whatever so, it might be.
0: I mean, what would you suggest for people to try not to identify with that in such a, or align with that, I guess, or both maybe, so that they can still feel like they're in control in the driver's seat and not their fertility Journey necessarily.
1: Well, I think we, when this, when infertility takes over your life, which it does when you're going through it, it's hard to remember that you're a whole person because this becomes your everything. And it becomes the most important thing. It affects every single relationship. Somebody might say the wrong thing at the wrong time, not even know they're saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. But I think remembering that you're a whole person that has other joys in life besides whatever you might be working on in the fertility path and really honoring those joys. And that's why I think it's important to honor the times that you just want to sit in the shit of it. Cause if you don't feel it, you don't heal it. I know we both agree on that. And I think, you know, as far as the trips, will I make it? Won't I make it? It's, it's easy for me to say now that I'm on the other side, but take the trip, go to, you know, Ireland or whatever for your cousin's wedding that you've been wanting to go to for three years. And of course now your transfer gets scheduled for that week One more month in the grand scheme of this huge journey is not going to make it or break it for you. Even if you're, you know, I think people are like, but if I take that month and when I come back, it'll be my 40th birthday. And right now I'm 39. Like, it's not like all of a sudden your body's like, happy birthday, goodbye eggs. You know, it happens (laughs) over time. There are ways to to do um, fertility treatment that work in December of 2022 and also January of 2023. And so if that means you get to take the trip, by all means, take it because this process robs us of so much joy and so much happiness and so many experiences and so many relationships. Go where those are while you can, you know?
0: And the healing portion of that too, right? Feeling that joy and having fun. I always say the spirit babies come to the parents that are having fun. And that is so healing in and of itself, right? To say, okay, I'm going to go out tonight. I'm going to go on that trip to Ireland. And that – like almost gives you a, an insurge of energy and rebirth again yes. of yourself and who you're who you are, who you were, and reminding you that you still are that person. I said to someone this morning on a call, if you can't remember what brings you joy because you're so down right now, what did bring you joy before, right? Yeah. Like write it down as it comes to you. It might not come to you right in this moment, but at some point in your life, you were happy about some things, right? So yes. let's figure out what those are because we're, it's literally like this war between the infertility and your your old self who is still there, but you feel like they have left the building and they are so far away from where you are. Yeah. And really, they're not. You just need to find them again. Right. And, you got to get in touch that. with them.
1: And that, again, goes back to yeah. being reminding yourself. And that is what the trip does or the going out or the choosing the fun does remind you again that you are a whole person and that exactly like you're saying, there are things that fill your heart other than only getting a positive pregnancy test. Of course we want that for you, but there's going to be things in between. And that goes for anyone. Look, even people who get – who don't have to go through assisted reproductive technology. They still might take a few months to get the positive that they want. And every month you make your vision of what it's going to look like and you're going to get the positive and then your kid will – it's December so your kid will be born in September Mm -hmm. and then you get your period and you have to like reassess that entire thing and it's devastating. Add that to the whole infertility, actual diagnosed infertility process and it's tenfold. But even people going through the – I hate the word natural but like unnatural trying to have a baby – I think wanting a baby is the most natural thing in the world, however you get there. So the word is a little triggering for me. But even people trying naturally go through bouts of depression on this road and have to remind themselves that there are other things in life that bring them joy besides only getting a positive pregnancy test.
0: A hundred percent. Around affirmations, before we get too far from that, you have these amazing cards and I I have some right here next
1: to me. Yes, I did too. Yes. Tell us about those and how that all came about. Okay. I'm going to pick one for anybody listening because maybe it's what they need to hear today. Yes. You know, I love- Okay. This is like exactly what we were just talking about. Infertility is only one chapter in my long and fulfilling life. So- Amen. These affirmation cards, which of which you are a very big supporter and I thank you. I actually got a deck of Gabby Bernstein cards for my birthday uh, a year after, like my first year as a mom. So my kids were like eight months old and they were amazing. They were beautiful affirmations and beautifully designed by Michaela Ezra. And I was like, God, why didn't I have these while I was going through my infertility journey? They would have been so helpful. At that same month, I met the incredible Jamie Bleacher, who's the the glitter enthusiast on Instagram, who creates incredible works of art using sterile IVF needles to make her art. And in like a flash of genius, I guess – I was just like, oh my God, Jamie has to design cards and we have to make them specifically for infertility. And I just got so excited. And it was just such a small seed of an idea. And now they're here and they like live in in clinics and offices and chiropractic offices and acupuncture offices and and my clients all get them. Like it makes me so incredibly happy. And each deck of card is a different piece of art from Jamie's collection. So every single one was made with sterile IVF needles as the paintbrush, um, I hate BS affirmations. Like we talked about, there's no toxic positivity in here. It's literally the things I would have wanted to hear along my journey. Like infertility is only one chapter in my long and fulfilling life. Because, like we just said, it takes over and you forget sometimes. Right. So, um, you know, people will send me pictures. They're pulling it while they're doing their progesterone shots and they're tushy, and it just makes me so happy that there's something out there now that's comforting for others.
0: Absolutely. And just that statement, like the card that you pulled, it's not BS, right? Right. Everybody can get their head around that no matter right. where you're at. And I think that's sometimes when we pull one, we're like, eh, yeah, whatever, right? Like right. I, don't, I can't, I'm not buying into that. But that that's a fact, right? You 100%. can't argue that. And so right. that's what I love about the cards is that it's positivity, but still real, yes. right? And For anybody who knows me very well, I'm very black and white, and as much as I love all the woo, I also want to make sure that that conscious, subconscious thought and brain are in sync together, and they agree on that. And that's why I really say if we need to break these affirmations down so you do Agree with them, right? And it doesn't right. feel like it's BS that you're feeding yourself because right. that doesn't help anybody. Um, But these really do, and right. it also is just a fun thing to to bring into your whole fertility journey to to totally. change it up a bit, right? And just yeah. have something pretty to look at and, and like fun if I were
1: it. still going through it, I would literally keep this in my purse every time I went to the doctor and sat in that waiting room waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and I would just pull one and make myself feel a little bit better, you know?
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah. So what's the biggest joy that you get out of coaching now?
1: I mean, I can cry. I just I just got goosebumps when you asked because yesterday, you know in particular that I had a client, this is a crazy story, nobody go to fear on this, this is very rare, but who got diagnosed with cancer right. during pregnancy. She gave birth yesterday. I know, to a beautiful, healthy baby. And she, she's Amazing. a long road ahead of her. She has to have surgery, but, like, she has, she's in the best care. Awesome.
0: She's a single mom
1: by choice. She had – she's in her late 40s. Her journey – what she's one of my longest time clients. And to just feel like I've been literally holding her hand through each and every phase of this – and her baby is here in in her arms. I mean, she sent me the picture and I was like such a hot mess. I mean, I cry with my clients and I laugh with my clients because they do become like family and not in an unhealthy way. And not (laughs) that I think anyone's thinking that, but sometimes I have to tell myself that like, well, you're not hiring me to be your friend and you're not, but I want to go through the ups and downs with you because I know how important it is to you. And so when we get there, the, the joy that I feel is, of course, not the same as the mother. But like, I think it's such high vibrational joy. And I am so freaking happy for this woman. And like, I will go to the yes. ends of the earth for her to make sure she beats cancer and has this beautiful baby and all the things. And it's, it. there's no joy like it, you know?
0: There really isn't. And I, um, unless you've been Holding somebody's hand through that, you can't you can't explain it. Like I can't not even stop smiling right now hearing you say that because yeah, well that's of course a very extreme situation. Right. But just the regular pregnancy tests and the regular babies being born and the regular first birthdays and second birthdays, it's it's so it really is there's nothing like it. And As you say it's like family it really does feel because we are sincerely on this journey with you right Right. this is not something that we take lightly we understand the gravity and the the intense emotion that is around this situation both the highs and the lows and to get to that finish line where you have a healthy baby in your arms and that's not even the finish line obviously we know there's so much more to come but just that point of something that you've been hoping and praying for for so long, and for us to be a part of that is there's nothing like it's it. It's
1: Huge, it's so, huge.
0: Congratulations for that, Mama, and you guys to be oh, to be on I'm that so together. Happy and for her. yeah, definitely keep me posted on how she does and all of that.
1: And I will say, look, like from the perspective of a coach, because I know you train other coaches. Some of your clients, you might become super close while you're working with them and then they have success and they are done. They don't want to think about their infertility. Yeah. And that's okay too. I still will always think of them as family, whether like Mm -hmm. they might not send me the first birthday picture or the birth picture or because they're like, that was in the past and now I have what I want. And that's okay too. There's no right way to handle it. But when I get a text that's like... You know, baby, blah blah. I was born this morning. I wouldn't have gotten here without you. Like I literally melt in in love. You know?
0: Yes, for sure. What a what an honor to be able to yes. do what we do. And I, again, there's really no words. I think the yeah. part of having no words and is that we're trying to educate. Society, so to speak, that fertility coaching is a thing, right? Yes. A lot of people still don't even know that it exists. I remember being in the clinics that I was in; nobody talked about. There's somebody here to support you. Yeah. Um. So I talk all the time. The poor phlebotomist taking my blood would be like, You're I therapist. don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, please stop crying. <laughs> you know. Um. But really, the the idea of the, a coach in this particular niche that can really literally handhold you through this process. And every coach is different. So I don't want to say that everyone is just like Abby and I am on this this path because everybody does have their own boundaries and how they work and some really focus more on nutrition or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So you really need to do your due diligence when you're looking for a coach of who resonates with you, who is in alignment with you and your beliefs and all of that stuff. But again, back to educating society that this is such a big deal.
1: Yeah. And
0: having that support through that really does make the difference between how you feel supported and, and or not supported. And not to say that people don't have their family or their friends to listen, But it's not the same if someone doesn't understand to say, it may not be your same exact story, but they understand what it's like to wait for those test results. They understand what the, the deep, deep disappointment feels like and just feeling so discouraged or making the next big decision and what do we do with that and the finances that go along with that and all the things. And again, here I'm talking more on the ART side, but as Abby mentioned, even when you're trying to get home Home pregnant, yeah, pregnant home at pregnant. home, right. um, the old-fashioned that, way, right? The the ovulation, and are we having intercourse at the right time? And the stress of that, and the ups and downs of all the things. So, I think just this is just a reminder of anybody who's listening to know that there is now such a variety of support, whether that's one-on-one or group support, or you know companies that like Resolve that are out there doing great things in the world and or advocacy if you're past that. I know, Abby, you've done some advocacy as well. Mm -hmm. Do you want to touch on that a little bit for anyone who might be interested in going down that road?
1: Absolutely. So everything I've done for the most part has been through Resolve, which is the National Fertility Association in the United States. And they are incredible at picking, finding, and pushing for legislation for all sorts of fertility coverage and infertility benefits it's so near and dear to my heart because we paid everything out of pocket. I think you were the same. Yes. Because mm-hmm. um, in California, it was, like, atrocious what was available. And my kids, like, I'm not, I'm barely just – I just maybe finished paying off all my treatment, right? Because I did eight cycles. Well, 12 plus four IUIs. So I am still paying them off. And, like, it shouldn't – I was crazy enough to say, you know what? If I go into debt, fine. Like I can always make more money one day. I can't always make more embryos. And that was always my guiding force. Um, Not everybody's like that. And that's okay too. For me, that was okay. And so that means that, you know, we've been paying our kids off for a couple of years. And um, (laughs) I'm perfectly happy with my decision. But like, why should it be that way? Why should only people with access to more money have the opportunity to get help? Raising a family, making a family, it is a basic human right, and so anywhere and time by state in the country that we all yes, live in, yeah, it's insane. I mean, some con- some states, and there's pros and cons on all sides. Like I could do such a deep dive on this. For example, Massachusetts has a mandate where like everything is covered up until a certain point until you hit forty, and then they're like, sorry. Well, who is making that decision? Right. Who knows what circumstances you were under. Maybe you were in an abusive marriage that you were trying to get out of. And so by the time you found your person, like, why do you get to decide that by the time I'm ready to start my family, you're not going to cover my medical expenses? But if I were 25, you would. What is the difference between a 25 year old and a 40 year old wanting a family? Nothing. Right. So, like, a state where it's mandated, it's great, but there's all these bizarre red tape rules. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, states where it's not mandated. You can do whatever you want. You can pay out of pocket. You can do whatever test, but you might be paying your kids off for the next 20 years. And it's a really tough choice to make. So I do lend my voice and my heart and my quote unquote pound the pavement, but mostly from Zoom. Um, (laughs) Pound the Zoom pavement to legislation when I can because it's so important to me.
0: Right. I agree. So you mentioned how many rounds you did and the IUIs. What advice (laughs) do you give to People that are debating like when they pull the trigger and when they walk away and how did you know to keep going? And, you know, mm-hmm. what? I, I hear your driving force about the embryos, but, you know, at what point
1: and did you ever think like, forget this, this is just not working? Oh, so many times. So many times. When we finally got pregnant, we had we had, had one surrogate that bailed on us. So we were already down the road of potential surrogacy. There were like a couple little tweaks in my cycles that we could change and I just felt like if I'm going to find a way to raise $150,000 to hire a surrogate, I want to know that I crossed every T and dotted every I and there's truly no chance that my body can do this. Right. And of course, that's when I got pregnant. So (laughs) it was my eighth IVF transfer. I did four retrievals, four IUIs. My one piece of advice is don't do four IUIs. I agree. There's a time and a place. If there's a reason you need an IUI, great. Sometimes people's insurance mandates they have to do a certain number, which also is like my pet peeve. Um, but I, yes, they were a much lower barrier to entry. It was less cost, less invasive on my body, less stakes. But it was time and money I could have been putting towards IVF. And I, I right. really, I think most of us who've been through several rounds of IVI, IVI, IUI, um, give the advice not to do as many as any of us did. I think everyone um, but,
0: just kind of hopes, right, that like, okay, right. maybe this time. Oh, right. And, You're just like, think and- it's
1: not going to be a part of my story. Like, this is just right. a joke. Right. I'm going to do one more and that's going to be the one. Right. It's a big step. I'm not suggesting you say, eh, forget IUI, move forward lightly. But like take an extra month off maybe if you need to and get yourself in a frame of mind where like what is going to get you the best results? Because if you are going to go through this, and I'm not a pusher of IVF, like sometimes that's not the answer. Mm-hmm. But – If you know that it might be the answer, like the best possible shot, a lot of times the work is in the mindset of just accepting that it's the road you're going down. So like do that work. And if that means you take a time off of a a two-month, a three-month, a six-month break to get yourself psyched up to do it, that's okay. I think you you go for like the high percentage that you're going to get what you want, however long that takes. And that's different for everyone, you know? And that's the thing about fertility coaching that I know you and I are on the same page with is that it's very tailored to everybody's individual circumstances and experience and relationship and personality. Some people like to be coached in a certain way and some people like to be coached in a different way. Some people aren't for me. Some people don't want to hear the word mindset, but find your person. Along the way, like the, I wish I had had that person. And I had an incredible therapist and a lovely family of support and it just wasn't enough. You know, my mom, her her skin's in the game. She's like, when am, when am I going to be a grandma? And she did not pressure me in any way, but she's not a neutral, right, source. Neither is your best friend who's also trying to get pregnant and maybe going on her second or third when you're still going through it. So
0: right. having
1: that neutrality with somebody that can tailor to what you specifically need is the key to all of this. I, I also did, did give up several times by the way and but then I, I would do? get back. Yeah. I was like I can't I need like a mental health break for 1 month and it would become 2 months. It's different like embryos weren't my issue if they had been I don't think I would have been as comfortable taking that long of a break. I knew I had I always had embryos on ice. None of them were working which I can look back on now and say maybe I shouldn't have taken all that time but in the moment I could say my mental space is not good for trying to get pregnant right now so I'm going to take a 6 month break. And what can I do to make the most of those six months? And who can I work with? And I should have, you know, when when my clients are on a break, like we optimize every minute so you still feel like you're taking some control of that time. Right. You know? And
0: how how was it for Isaac, your husband, during the process of all of that? And was he very supportive of whatever you want to do I'm, I'm good with? Or was he like, ah, can we take a step back? Where was he at?
1: You know, all of it. There were different times. You know, our first IVF doctor – our first fertility doctor uh, said, if you guys could try naturally, again, I hate that word, but naturally for seven years, and you'd probably get pregnant. Seven years. Ironically, we ended up at six and got what we wanted, but I think there were times that I was like, I don't care. Let's take out another credit card. I, you know, and Isaac was like, maybe we just do the seven-year thing. And I was like, no, because what if it doesn't happen, And right? So I think he would definitely say that I drove – the decision-making and during that was very hard. But now that we have what we, what we came for, he's always says like, without me, we would have We either would have not been parents or we would have stopped a very long time ago. And look, he, on our original podcast, like he opens up a lot and I think that's super important too. For women, we are finally starting to bring the shame into the light and out of the darkness, but it's so much harder for men. Um, And he was very open and honest about needing help at that time. And again, like now that we have what we wanted, it's easier to look back and say what we could have, would have, should have done differently, you know?
0: Right, right. Do you feel like it's in the rearview mirror for you? Or when you think about it, do you still feel like, oh, it wasn't that long ago?
1: It still feels pretty fresh, to be honest. In fact, sometimes I look at my kids who are about to be five. They're four and a half, but they're going to be five soon. And I'm just like, I can't believe – First of all, I can't believe they are not in this world as long as I tried to get them in this world yet, right? Like, that feels crazy. But also, they're such fully formed people already. I'm like, I can't believe I have these two fully formed people because I feel like my infertility was just yesterday. So it really Mm -hmm. depends on the day and what we're doing. Um, Yeah. What do you – do you feel like yours is in the rear view?
0: I think so because I – because of what I do every day in helping people, right? Yeah. So I can see that theirs is present. And right. and so I feel like the the grandmother who went before, right. so to speak, right? Um, yes. It's when I hear of stories, like, again, I'll refer to this woman I was speaking to this morning who lost one at 20, baby at 27 weeks mm. because of placenta previa. And uh. that's what I had. And so w- hearing her story like, takes me right back to all of those things, you know, yeah. going, figuring out from the heartbeat, you know, and or the sack in the right place. I always right. joke that only a fertility patient knows that you actually go to see if the sack's in the right place. Yeah. Anyone else is like, what are you even talking about? Right. Um, but yeah, those sorts of conversations really do take me back to yesterday, it feels like, of all of those things. But yet when I'm with somebody on a day-to-day talking about it, I feel like it's okay. You'll get to the other side. And yes. I know it doesn't feel like you will, but I promise you will. Um, so I think for coaches, it does keep it more you know, at the forefront because yeah. we know a lot and we're doing it day in, day out. But at the same time, I think had I not really started to focus my business on coaching and just stayed a life coach... I think it would be a very different way of looking at the lens of my family and Mm. still keeping that in a – kind of in an in-between space, almost like I have this little secret still Mm. of what what the truth is of how it all goes down, right? It's not that, okay, we're going to start trying – And next month, and then we'll have our baby in 10 months and everything is awesome, right? Um, I grew up with my mom saying, you know, she gets pregnant too easily and she got taken to the priest because her parents were Mm. concerned about her getting pregnant too easy, you know? (laughs) So the narrative in our household was always that, not of anybody, you know, having any sort of issue around Mm -hmm. it. So it almost did feel, you know, like this strange... It wasn't okay to to know that I went through that in some right. sense, I guess, mm. and had the losses. You know, I come from a family of all girls. Why why mm. was I the one? Because right. of my age, I guess. And that's what everyone kept telling me. And I was like, mm. I just don't buy that. You know, mm. I'm not. I don't buy it. I there. I talk to 25 year olds that have losses too, right? So, as much as we do know that eggs age with our our bodies. I just felt like that wasn't the only reason. There had to yeah. be something else there. And yeah, God willing, I have three healthy guys now, but yes. um, it is it is a strange thing to think about for sure. Mm.
1: Mm. I mean, one in four, one of four sisters.
0: Yes. Is yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. But mm. yeah. So- What is your kind of takeaway from not only somebody who's been through it? Because I I think also the the main part that I think is so important around the coaching is the dialogue, right? That you're having an open dialogue with somebody. And if you are lucky enough to have a therapist that has an open dialogue with you and has been through a fertility journey and a loss that can meet you there great mm-hmm. but i do think a big big part of the success of a coach is somebody that has that open dialogue with you and can meet you where you're at what do you think for somebody who's starting to maybe i'm going to reach out to a coach today right i'm just mm-hmm. feeling so low about this and maybe I need to do that, or maybe I want to become a coach, right? Mm -hmm. What would your advice be for those two women that are having these conversations in their head today?
1: So from a business perspective, I will always say do it, go for it, try it. Build the plane in the air if you have to, just get started. Um, Big believer in that. And I guess that goes the same for somebody that's debating reaching out to a coach. I mean, I can physically see when people do a consult with me, their bodies change from the beginning to the end, like to Absolutely. just feel like their their load is lighter already, just to be able to get it out to somebody that understands what they're going through. So why wouldn't you try it? And that goes for everything. Right. You don't know right. unless you try. So that goes for the business, that goes for reaching out for support, whatever it might be, like just say yes and figure it out later, you know? And it's not forever. That's what I tell everybody. Yes. Even if
0: you go, if you try to say, okay, I'm going to make this big step and find a coach. It's not going to be a long-term thing. This is just to get you through this period of your life there. This is one chapter you'll, you will move on. You won't need a fertility coach next time, you know, um, in your next chapter because you'll be on to something else you'll need a a mommyhood coach right exactly whatever is next so knowing that you just take it one step at a time and support yourself and find what feeds you and lifts you up when you feel you can't keep yourself up where you need to be and as strong as we all are we all need support no matter who you are or what you're doing we all need a coach Coaches need coaches, et cetera, et cetera. So there's no shame in asking for help and and only we're looking for benefits and results. And if that's what gets you there, by all means, sign me up, right? Agree. Yes. Love it. Well, where can everyone find you, Abby?
1: Uh, so my podcast is The Fertility Chick and it's on Instagram as The Fertility Chick. And then my business is In Circle Fertility. You can find me on Instagram there or Abby Feeder. I'm one of those people that has 8 million Instagrams. Um, but I love social media and my website also has a way for you to get in touch with me privately if you'd prefer not social media. And uh, I'm pretty accessible. So come find me and say hi and um, let us know if you like the episode or if you have any questions. We, Elizabeth and I both always love engaging. We sure
0: do. Thank you so much. I'm Thank so glad you. we finally did. did this. I awesome. honestly, as some, a mutual friend of ours, was like, well, of course you guys have done this before. I had you on that podcast. I was like, oh my God. I, I honestly thought we had, obviously. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> so I'm glad we finally made it happen. Thank you so Me much, too. Abby. I love you. And I love you. we'll see you in New Orleans. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the creation innovation podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.